Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. We're glad you're here. Welcome into the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I am Scott, and this is Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. Our time together is called The Session. And today we're going to talk about something near and dear to Tom and I, this is the daddy-daughter, mother-son date show. Yes. And this is something that, uh, Tom, you've had sons and a daughter. I have a daughter. And so we can cover this from a few directions. That's right. we yeah. got it covered. All right. So we're going to talk about the mother-son date first. But we begin, Tom, out of God's Word. Yeah. And, and Scott, that's going to be found in Proverbs 1, verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. The two things there, dad's instruction, mom's teaching. Yeah, dad's going to show leadership and, and say it, but mom's the one who's going to be doing the teaching. And and I'm so thankful that it was my mom that taught me how to drive and not my dad. <laughs> I don't see that ending well for either of you. That's right. I think it was life-preserving that mom did it. I think she, could, she had enough foresight and wisdom to realize, it's not going to work the other way. <laughs> So where we're going to start is with a mother's love for her son. And this is a very unique relationship. Very much so. Love is is patient, even when explaining the same thing for the hundredth time. Which moms do. Yeah, you know, I think one I remember mom was had more patience than Job on was for me to learn how to tie my shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I had it by junior high. But yes. <laughs> I almost flunked kindergarten because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love is kind when family members are sick and can't care for themselves. Moms can be completely worn out. They may have worked eight hours, been several laps around Kroger's and completely exhausted. And they come home and one of their children are ill and she's right there. She's completely exhausted. And that's that love in them coming out for their, their sons. Exactly. It's amazing. And I I like this next one, Tom. Love doesn't want what others have or promote itself, and it teaches children to do the same. So it's giving of themselves. It's sacrificial, and they're so good. Now, granted, I only have a Big Ten education, (laughs) but this is sounding very, very familiar to me. This is sounding an awful lot like 1 Corinthians 13. Actually, I think it comes from 1 Corinthians 13, but, but isn't it amazing also is the first Corinthians 13, and I want to say verses maybe four through seven, are for more than just a wedding vow or a wedding mm-hmm. ceremony. It's actually true, period. It's more evidence that Jesus lives within us. Your mother's love seeks to bring honor, not dishonor, to your children and to your spouse. Yeah, you bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you know your temper is short and forgive an unlimited number of times. That's it, a mother's love right there. A couple of our children pushed that to the... 
<laughs> no, that, they were really good. They're the grandchildren, on the other hand. No. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> no. So let's let's talk for just a minute, Tom, about since it is the daddy daughter mother son dates are two separate events. What? How should a mother work this mother son date? What should it be? Yeah, it could be all kinds of things. That's what's really important. First, go back to one of the parenting fundamentals we've talked about in the past of getting into our children's world. What would be important to them if we if we made it into a date? Mom's going out in the backyard throwing a baseball, out in the driveway shooting hoops. Even if they can't hit one? You're right. <laughs> they, they probably are doing pretty good at chasing the ball before it runs down the street and rolls all the way to, you know. <laughs> to the bottom of the driveway. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. I remember a mom at her last church, and she had two boys. And she was a girly girl, and her boys loved to play in the mud. They were boy boys, and she decided that she was going to get in her kid's world, so she put on her grubby clothes, and she went out and got in the mud with them. How about that? That that would be awesome. Yeah, and I'll bet it's something they never forgot. Yeah, I'm not so sure some of the moms I know would be (laughs) into that in our family. The importance of climbing into your kid's world, because it's very unlikely, it's possible, but it's unlikely you're going to drag your son kicking and screaming into the kitchen Right. To talk about how to make a hard-boiled egg. Right. However, if they are, how do you make it fun may be a possibility. You know, maybe you talk to your son about, you like chocolate chip cookies? As an example. Yeah. And, well, let's make them together. That is definitely a date as well. But then I think we also can talk about, you know, what, what's his favorite fast food place to go to? And maybe that happens and maybe it's just a time to show your son that you can be trusted and care about whatever he says to you and not, you know, want to throw your French fries at him or something. (laughs) You know, something just sprung into my head when you talked about making cookies. What if you sent your son on a scavenger hunt through the kitchen to find the things he needed to make chocolate chip cookies? Interesting. Even if I knew what I was looking for, I'd be like, honey, where are the chocolate chips? (laughs) Yeah, that's almost like that when I'm trying to cook. Yeah, yeah. We'll find out next week. Oh, I'm yeah. Ba- I'm batching next week. Yeah. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, right, All right. So, what kind of things did Kathy do with the boys? Kathy, I think definitely would focus in on taking them shopping, and that was usually pretty good, unless one of them in particular was looking for a pair of Nikes. <laughs> Yeah, thus we have the budget. Yeah, yeah, and so that's where we learned that we'll spend X amount. You can pay the difference if you want right. more. I, I would say also that Kathy did a really good job of maybe taking them out after gymnastics. I think that the times Mandy was in gymnastics, they actually did some getaway weekends to go to a meet someplace else. That was really big. Both of our boys played Nike League summer basketball. Just so happened that that was in Columbus. Not just northern Columbus, but kind of down on Broad Street. I uh-huh. think up Broad Street quite a ways. That was an, you know, an hour and 15 minutes each way. And wouldn't you know... Their games are not always back to back. They might have a ten a.m. and a two p.m. So this was that—that that was kind of the next thing I was going to ask. If you have 
several boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how does mom juggle? And the same thing really applies to daddy-daughter if you got a house full of girls. How do you juggle multiple kids? Do you take them all at the same time, or do you do them one at a time? Well, with the boys in Columbus, they, they sat through their brother's basketball game, maybe got to shoot around at halftime and that sort of thing. And then they probably did something waiting for the 2 o'clock game to start, like maybe mom took them out to, to eat, that kind of thing. Maybe they visited something or, or you know, they, they found something to do, but mom made it as special as she could, and that's, that's really wonderful. All right, so we're moving into now the daddy-daughter date idea, and we're going to focus in on an article from Christianity Today, and the article is about a beloved pastor known around the world. I'm not going right. to use his name. This article in Christianity Today was actually done by this pastor's two daughters. Right. And the reason I'm not using this pastor's name is because it is a stark contrast to how we know this man. That's right. And it really illustrates the need for the daddy-daughter relationship. So, Tom, why don't you outline this this first comment here from the one daughter? Well, the first daughter says, it's very difficult for me to separate who my dad was as a person and as a father. He belonged to the world, but I do remember crying in the bathtub, wishing I had a normal daddy. Wow. He wasn't there. Plain and simple, he was doing good things, great heart. Her daddy wasn't there, and she needed him. And that's, that's really huge. That balance between home and ministry. And that's what I'm hoping, pastors, you hear today, is that your daughter still needs you. Absolutely. Now, how do we juggle this, Tom? Because at the same time that we're saying, be with your family, God has called you to be a pastor. Right. That comes with certain calls and responsibilities. How can a pastor best adjust and do that balancing act of what God is calling him to do, but yet he's also commanded as a right. father. Well, I think, too, we want to be proactive and intentional in our scheduling. It means we actually have a schedule. And then on that schedule, whether you do it on your phone, you do it on your computer, you intentionally, proactively, ahead of time, block out specific time on your schedule for your family. You can put um, boundaries around it. It may be during the work week that you're not going to be working beyond 5 or 6 o'clock unless it's an absolute emergency. That guards your time. But let's say you block out uh, Tuesdays from 4 to 7 for family, and then somebody says, there's a meeting I want to have, and let's do it on Tuesday evening. Sorry, nope, I'm not available. There's the word. Learn the word no. It's okay to say that in church. It really is. That helps them then protect their time, and that time can be devoted to them. Even though you might be leading a church and it may have significant size, here's what's really important, that you still want to have a relationship with your daughter or your sons, but specifically right now since we're talking daughters, that is really important, that is really valuable, and that they know they're important, that they're valued by their daddy. And even though there are other priorities, that has to be there. Has to be. Yeah. I remember Sherry sitting me down. I've shared this before. Mm-hmm. Aaron was probably 11-ish. 
she sat me down one day and she said, Scott, if you don't start spending some time with your daughter, you're going to lose her. And that hit me. And then we started doing what I called adventures. I didn't call them daddy daughter dates because they really weren't a, they really weren't a thing back then. Uh huh. You know, as a as an event of itself. So I called them adventures, and we'll go over those a little bit later at the end of the show. Let's take a look at the other daughter of this world renowned pastor, Tom, and what yeah. she had to say. She said, "He parented me from a distance. He loved us." But he just wasn't around. Looking back, she said her remarrying quickly after her first divorce against her parents' wishes was because I just was so eager for someone to take care of me and to be there. And there you see the consequence of the action. Yeah. Of of the not being there. She went and found it somewhere else. And it shows the incredible need to bond, the incredible need to connect, the incredible need to be accepted. And this daughter really wanted that, and her pastor daddy wasn't there. So we're saying it's a great role and a a great calling to be a pastor, but we cannot lose sight of what's necessary in the needs of our family. That need is there just as much as if you're CEO of a company, you're going to have board meetings. You're going to have donor meetings. You're going to have development meetings. You're going to have all kinds of things that you're meeting for. You still have to make time for your kids as well. At Heritage, I teach the priorities of first is our relationship with our God. Second is our relationship with our wives. Third is our relationship with our children. And fourth is our occupation. So I look at the clients here, sorry about that, but the best I can give you is number four priority in my life. Now, does that make number five your relationship with yourself? Well, now that should be intertwined between all, but great question. I'm not so sure you get the first four right if you don't have a good relationship with yourself. I don't think it's necessarily going to be healthy as it could be. Last night and this morning, Kathy and I were listening to a devotional by Rick Warren. And he was talking about the very thing about having a relationship with yourself and it should be healthy. It should also, by the way, be a witness to others, particularly those that are loved ones of how do we treat ourselves? There are times that over the years, I know we've, as we've talked about this daddy daughter relationship that we talk about how a daughter will go out and seek a husband that will probably be some reflection of her father. And if you're not there, she has nothing to bond to, to bond with or to learn from. Yeah, or compare to. Right. And yeah. so then you wind up with, you know, we look at a divorce rate that's 50% still in right. the church. Okay. In fact, it was just said by her right here, my remarrying so quickly after my first divorce against my parents' wishes. Well, where mom and dad needed to be involved was the first marriage in the first place. That's right. And maybe even before the first marriage and connecting with their daughter. You know, some of that you... Okay, I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the one daughter said this, Tom, and I want to get your reaction to this. I have a lot of insecurities and lack of self-confidence, perhaps because little girls need their daddy. That is so true. Because... Their daddy is the one who helps them realize from the male planet what is necessary 
to be healthy and what is uh, acceptable and how they should treat themselves around a, a young man, but also how they should see themselves around a young man. If the young man really cares about the person that he talks to on the phone rather than the person that's in front of him, there's a huge difference about caring about me, the person, not just the fact that I'm some attractive young lady, but that I'm special and important to them. And my safety is really important. If they don't readily and regularly show that, that's a, that's a concern. Run. Right, run. Yeah, because I've got a good aim. <laughs> no, but we also want to look at the fact that that is where daddy-daughter dates, that can be developed so easily and so good if dad treats his daughter that way. Then she learns, right. this is how I should be treated. You're not treating me that way. Hit the road. Yeah. 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 Let's kind of nail down to what does this date look like? The, between the daddy-daughter, what does this, how well, what shape does this take? Well, and that's a great question, Scott. I like some of the things that we did. In fact, when it's daddy-daughter, we also have mom as an ally and also as an aide helping us get ready. <laughs> Mandy and I did a couple of daddy-daughter Valentine Day dates. And keep in mind, put in perspective, that's also her mom's and my anniversary. So I remember the the one uh, dance in particular, Mandy had to have this nice dress on and her hair done up really well, and I had to wear a tie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and a sport coat. (laughs) Uh I thought the world was going to come to an end. (laughs) And so it was very formal. You know, I would hold the door open for her, that kind of thing. And I don't remember how much dancing we did. We may have sat around and talked to people. But the thing of it is, she knew that she was my special date for that night. That was awesome. Yeah. When she was young, we would go to McDonald's for a date. And, you know, I'm not so sure she did a whole lot of eating. If you, if you use your imagination, she may have nibbled the corner off her fish sandwich. But she was more interested in showing me what she could do in Playland and going through the tunnels and down the slides. And and I sat and watched her and had a great time and ate her fish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, and there it goes. <laughs> but being in gymnastics, I'm sure she'd want to show you how agile she was. Exactly. Yeah. That attention was really important. Now, how many tea parties did you do? Oh, dear. Maybe we missed that. I, I'll have to ask <laughs> you, her. You missed that phase? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm sure we forgot to buy our tea. <laughs> tea, tea party, tea cups with the yeah. teddy bear and the, you know, the, the other dolls around. And I don't know that Aaron and I ever did that. Our Ours were the adventure. Uh-huh. I would take her out of the house. And I'd say eight times out of ten, I'd back out of the driveway having no idea what I was doing or where I was going. I know you and Mandy did a lot of shopping. Oh, we did. I never took Aaron shopping that I can recall. I survived it, (laughs) thankfully. I think because I had a budget and she understood it ahead, ahead of time. Otherwise, we might have had to second mortgage the house. I'm not. 
<laughs> I'm not sure. Well, she knew the budget, and she also had that mall planned out. She had it mapped yeah. out in her head. She knew exactly yes. <laughs> what she was doing. That's true. Aaron and I started our, our adventures, usually involve food somewhere along the way. Ice cream, or we'd hit a Mickey D or some kind of little place that she could get her nuggets right. and fries. And I decided to kind of show her my world once. I didn't drag her into it, I don't think. I showed it to her. We went by an apartment complex near our church that was going up, and it was still in frame. So I walked in, and I said, what do you think this is? Uh-huh. And we started talking about what it was. Okay. Is it the kitchen? Is it the living room? Is it the bathroom? And then I started, I would ask her things like, well, that seems like a silly place to put that. Well, yeah, I'd rather have it over there. And then we would start talking about what she, how she would decorate. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been what did it. And to this day, we'll drive by a frame of a house, and Aaron and I, or both of our heads, will snap around to the frame of the house and look at it. Uh huh. And we'll talk briefly, and Sherry will just be like, "I would just stop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, she doesn't share that. She same. she does not share that. No. What else is there that a daddy can do with daughter? Under the category of getting into their world, when I was in seminary is when Mandy really got going with her gymnastics. Well, some of those gymnastic meets might be an hour and a half or two hours away. And her whole actual time when she was competing or performing might have been all of five minutes. So we'd go, you know, an hour and a half, two hours for five minutes you know, it was working on 70 and 80 hour work week. And they were typically on Saturday, which was my day to really study. And so in the beginning, I really needed to study. And then mom and I began to talk about, well, maybe there's a way around this. I said, maybe I could take my books to the meet and I'll go off in my own corner and study. And then you let me know when she's going to be coming up and I'll come and I'll watch it. Well, Mandy really appreciated the fact that I did that. And it showed my care and how important she was to me to be be there for her when she was doing her gymnastic thing. Now, let's take a look as we wrap up today, Tom, to the one who really illustrates Father, and that's God is illustrated through his son, Jesus Christ. And in Mark chapter 5, he comes up, and I believe this is Jarius's daughter, maybe? that dies while they are going to her house, going to the house. The centurion went and got her, right. got Jesus, and they're coming back. And they said, don't bother the teacher anymore. The little girl is dead. And Jesus said, come on. Throws everybody out. She's not dead. She's just asleep. And then she says, you're going to have to say that because I Yeah. Tell Hatha Kumai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it worked. All right. I think what we could actually say there, Scott, is little girl. <laughs> Little girl, I say to you, arise. Yes. And, you know, the use of little girl is an expression of a tender, affectionate, even protective fatherly heart. Really shows, I think, the passion, the emotion that Jesus had for us. Yeah. So, Tom, as we finish it up today, you know, the daddy-daughter date, the mother-son date is something that can be difficult. We have even broached the idea of what if it's a stepdad with a daughter and a stepmother with a son. We have not. You're right. And that's that may be an, a, another show for another time to add the step component into it. And maybe sitting down with someone, if, if the family relationship has been difficult, 
The last question I'd ask you is when should these things start and when should they end? You want them to be able to walk and be able to appreciate it. So <laughs> even four years old, I know it's not probably too young. And, and then it would go until they go into their adult life. It, it very likely could. And then even still, if you do, it sets the tone for the relationship as an adult, which is really powerful. Yeah. It is so good. You know, now that she's married and she has a husband, you know, we don't do a lot of the daddy-daughter date stuff there, but she still to this day refers to me as daddy. Mom asked her, when are you going to start calling him dad and not daddy? She looked at me and then she looked at mom and said, probably never. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So if someone, Tom, needs to sit down and maybe reboot that relationship between daddy and daughter or mother and son, how can they get hold of you to start a conversation? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.